Andy Roddick competing for the Empire tonight as the marquee player. He'll also be playing tomorrow night. And Florida questions. Ten years ago, I don't know if you could believe it yet, but it was Andre's last tournament, and that was probably sentimental to you a little bit. Yeah. You played back to the next round. What are your memories from that tournament? Uh, final? Yeah, of Andre's last tournament. Uh, specifically as it uh, pertains to it being Andre's last tournament. Um, it, was, it was weird for me because for a couple of reasons. If we had both won our third round matches, we would have played fourth round, which is a match... I didn't want to be a part of for a lot of reasons. You know, he was a, a big mentor to me, um, and kind of walking that line between okay, I'm in good form and I can make a run here, and kind of finishing off one of your idols and icon in the game. Uh, I didn't want that emotional tug of war, but at the same time, I didn't want Andre to lose to, to Becker that he did. And then, and I remember him coming in after that match and it being very emotional in the locker room, kind of. Um, all standing up and crowding around him and giving him a, a, a applause and an ovation and you know you want to be a part of that but then you're still trying to focus I was on the next match on stadium so it was I was uh, conflicted in a lot of emotions but I certainly kind of had a, a very close view of, uh, of the entire thing and it was it was the, the, I think the biggest thing was was kind of everyone in that locker room got the gravity of what was happening and you know I think the ultimate res respect is from the guys inside the locker room and your peers and kind of them all laying back and realizing a special moment. I, that was that was cool to me. So when you beat Becker the next round, did your mind wander at all to thinking about Andre? Uh, no, no. I mean, honestly, it, it was an easy, much easier match, not even just from a tennis standpoint, but once I was a little bit relieved when, when Becker beat Andre, um, uh, selfishly, from a, from a, purely from a my tournament 06 US Open perspective, it, it became a lot easier mentally and emotionally once once Becker went out, but I, I didn't really think about it much once Andre was, was gone and when I was in the match with Becker. Andre, what is it to play at this stadium and all the history about the U.S. Open? What is it for you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a, a, a big uh, you know, tennis historian, huge sports fan. Um, you know, so in the last month, I've, I've had two kind of bucket list things in tennis. I don't have a lot of firsts left as far as playing certain places and seeing certain things, but I got to play at Newport at the Hall of Fame, uh, the Tennis Hall of Fame for the first time last month, and then to kind of play here uh, a month later uh, is, a, is a big deal to me. I know the, the last time they played here was 1977. Um, you know, you, you kind of think the people that paved the way for that uh, gigantic stadium not too far from here, it, the, the foundation was laid at, at, at this place, so it's, it's, it's certainly uh, fun to see, fun to be a part of, and at least I can say I, I played there once. Aside from the history of yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think I got the most benefit out of it, and I saw kind of that team dynamic when I was a young player coming up. When I was 17, uh, before I even had a ranking of any any sort, um, Billy Jean kind of gave me a shot with a team that was in Idaho at the time. And for me to be able to play uh, at that time, I think it was 13 matches in three weeks against pro players, and to win most of them, that gave me huge confidence. And then going into that summer. I played well, beat a couple top 40 guys, and played well on the, on the main tour. But I think that was a huge stepping stone for me. So, um, you know, I'll kind of forever sing the praises of this league because it, it, it did make such an impact on me when I was when I was younger. And uh, you talk about the team aspect, being able to kind of playing the tennis against the pros is one thing, but being you know in van on buses, picking the brains of of people who are actually on tour and older. You know, at that point, you know, 26, 27 was a decade older than I was at that point. So, to kind of have uh, 
you know, a, a first row seat to be able to ask questions and see how they went about it was was invaluable to me. Golf has had a champion's tour for older players. It's certainly not that old. Is tennis doing what it should for recently retired players who just want to be occasionally competitive and be able to cheers to the crowd? Yeah, we can't make the court shorter. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I play a lot on the PowerShare s series as well as uh, as well as World, world Team Tennis. Um, the, the, the toughest thing, it's tough to draw parallels with uh, with golf just based on the physicality of, uh, of tennis. You know, I think in golf, uh, less is more sometimes as far as the, the dynamics of a golf swing. And, uh, you know, if you can putt, you can play. Um, tennis, it, it gets pretty physical, you know. So, I, you know, you see uh, my friend Marty Fish played in this last week and... You know, knock on wood, he started off great. He was up, a, you know, winning his singles match against a guy ranked 40, but then popped something in his foot, and Andre went down earlier this year. And so it, I, I think it's a probably a bigger physical ask. Um, that being said, I, there, there probably is a happy medium. Um, you know, how you want to define it and what could be done is uh, it would probably take a little bit longer than we have for this conversation. Okay, question. We know about your foundation and what it does, but how did you get started? What made you do that and all your other charitable activities? Um, well, it's twofold. Um, one was uh, Andre, um, was a pretty uh, significant uh, person in that. Um, but I do want to give credit to, to kind of the history of, of the people we've had in tennis. You know, this is, this is Billie Jean's league, um, but we're, you see the biggest people in your games, whether it's Billie Jean or Arthur Ashe. Uh, what Andre's done um, to the charter school landscape in Vegas, uh, what Roger's doing for UNICEF, it's, it's giving back is kind of in the fabric of tennis. And the, the, the best people of all time and the best players of all time have done it and have done their fair share. So, um, you know, if you're around a brother who does something, my brother played tennis and I gravitated towards it. If you're around enough of the icons and they're doing, you know, important things outside of tennis, you probably gravitate towards it. So, uh, you know, I, I'm probably a... a a bit of a product of uh, kind of the culture that was created by the legends of the game. I know you get this question asked all the time, but since the U.S. Open is due a couple of weeks away, you think I'll live long enough to see an American champion again? I don't worry about Djokovic, but I wonder if that's a fluke that'll tell his grandchildren about it. Well, I think I think someone's allowed to have a, a great result without it being called a fluke. Um, you know, I, it doesn't happen by accident. Um, but I will say. Um, you know, the, if you want to equate our young tennis prospects to a, a farm system in baseball, I think it's as good as it's looked in 15 or 20 years. Um, you know, maybe since myself, Marty, and Ginepri, and James, and, you know, three of, uh, three of us landed in the top ten and, you know, had kind of varying levels of success. So uh, I'd say the farm system in U.S. tennis is, is has me as excited where I don't feel like I'm, uh, you know, selling you uh, dirt in a sandbox by talking about it. I think they're, I, I think it's, we have really strong young prospects and I th the more important thing is I think there's more than just a couple. I think there's seven or eight deep, which is good. It'll create a healthy jealousy. You know, one has a good week, the guy goes, wait a minute, I just beat that guy last week. Why could, you know, and, and that's, in the, in the history of U.S. tennis, whether it's Boletarius from the 80s and we had a small group in the 2000s, but it's, you know, kind of competitiveness and and uh, a healthy jealousy, I think, always always wins. So I'm 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 actually excited about what it's going to look like in five years. We have a local guy, Noah Rubin. Have you seen him? Are you impressed with his game? I've seen I've seen him a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he went to school for a year, and uh, you know, I, I think he wants it. And by all means, I, I I haven't seen him play enough to to give you an answer that deserves your time. Um, I from everything I've heard, I think he's very diligent and professional about the way he goes about it and competes well. So that's uh, you know, it's a significant part of the battle. Yeah, it is. 
I haven't seen it yet. No, and I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't there last year, so I'm, I'm curious to see it. Two more questions. Um, my I, my answer again. It's it's how you want to go about it. If I was in charge of the U.S. Open, I would have built a roof. As a player, I like the elements. The 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 wind. It used to be the windiest court on earth, and the, the flag at the top of the stadium would always blow opposite of the way the wind was blowing when it got down to court level. So if no one had ever played out there before and you were playing them, it was worth a break early on. You know, so little things like that I, I, I like and I thought were a part of the fabric of the tournament. Um, I also understand the dynamic of business and sports and you need live content when you've paid for live content. So they have to have something on the television. So um, the U.S. Open will be better for having the roof. I'm sorry, sir. Did you guys have this tournament has different rules. What do you think about the different rules? Uh, I, I think it's great. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's good. I think the players can be a little bit more interactive. Um, you know, I think it's uh, it's kind of in your face for two plus hours of entertainment. Um, you know, tennis as, as broadcast on normal TV, uh, you, you, sometimes it gets pretty long if you, if you want to dial in and watch a couple matches in a day this is a little bit more in your face and uh you know i i think it's nice to have uh different options with viewing in, in tennis and you know i think you get a little bit more up close and personal here there's probably some more access uh in a league uh like world team tennis which is great um you know so it's uh i i've always enjoyed it uh, any of the olympics going on right now when you played was that something that positively or negatively affected your game stopping for the olympics um, as far as your level of tennis and logistics, it's difficult. You know, I, I think, and you're, you know, I'm going to be selfish and be able to say it doesn't fit into the context of a tennis year and say I was also, I'm also very honored and very proud to have been an Olympian. You know, you, you can have it both ways, and it's, it's, it's not a matter of convenience, but, uh, you know, I think the athletes can make the decisions for themselves. They're adults. I don't think there's a right answer for everybody. Um, you know, it's just a matter of what you hold, you know, as a priority. You know, I, I think some guys have done well doing it all, and some guys do better when they kind of compartmentalize and are able to focus on different segments of schedule. So um, it's 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 tough in a calendar that, you know, is without the Olympics, it's it's tough to find enough weeks in the year for all the events. And so when you add a, a huge event like that on a, uh, you know, that far away, it's 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 hard. Last one right here. Uh, you've had a year or so in the back for Fox Sports Live and Fox Sports mm. One. If you had the opportunity to go back into television and do whatever it is, a commentary, a little comedy, would you give that a shot again? Oh, comedy. Um, <laughs> yeah, stand-up stand routine. Um, uh, I, you never say never. Um, I, I, I loved what uh, the opportunity that I was afforded at Fox. I mean, I got you know on-the-job training um, from you know live television. Uh, you know, breaking news, um, you know, sports that I didn't play, uh, you know, podcasts, live radio, uh, fill-in. So I, I, I don't know that I would have had a better training ground to be a broadcaster than, than at Fox with all those different things, doing one-on-one uh, -on -one sit-down interviews also. And they were pretty good about just throwing me into the fire. It's like something I'd never done before. They go, okay, well, you'll figure it out. And, you know, sometimes you did, sometimes you didn't. Um, but... Uh, I'm happy for the experience. I, I don't know what the future holds as far as as far as broadcasting for me. Um, you know, uh, nothing on, uh, on the immediate horizon, but I certainly enjoyed it. Who's your favorite I, impression? Thank you. 
my favorite impression. <laughs> you do plenty of them. The guy who leaves. Andy, Andy and all the other <laughs> players will be available after the match. 